Welcome everybody to the Fear and Banter podcast. With me tonight are Klein. Hello. Well, it's just a, it's just a free for all. It's not working. Klein, Ryan, um, hi, and Ed. Hello. I don't know why. I don't know why I waved because it's a podcast. Uh, so tonight we're going to be talking about a few different things. Uh, complaining politely, American English songs that make no lyrical sense. A mystery topic from Klein and conspiracy theories from it. But first of all, what are we all drinking? I'm not going to ask Tim because he's drinking nothing. Ed? I'm drinking a session IPA called Sisters from Steam Brew. Um, and it's a very good artwork on the front. And if you look at the website, it's um, got a whole backstory as to why the brewery is there and the different beers. It's all this fictional story about a steampunk uh, apocalyptic uh, scenario. Uh, it's very interesting and quite original, I thought. And the beer is um, not bad either. Not bad. That's, that's an important thing. Ryan. I am drinking homebrew cider, um, somewhat against my win. Well, as I want to do some racing tonight. And with the drink in me, I've never tried it. So yeah. nice. Klein. So first off, can I just say that that is not just any old homebrew cider. That is brew brew cider. Only the best. What am I drinking, I hear you ask? That's what I asked. <laughs> I am <laughs> drinking brew dog double hazy New England IPA. Uh, coming in at a nice 7.2% and it is delicious. Uh, very, very tasty. Um, I'm sure that every every ounce of sweat that's gone into this tin probably cost about 4p to manufacture, I suspect, based on um, the recent headlines in the news regarding Brewdog and how they treat staff. But it's very, very tasty. So thank you, all you slaves of Brewdog. I'm sure they'll appreciate your, your kind comments there. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to surprise you all by what I'm drinking. It's called Zia from the London Beer Factory. It's a tiramisu pastry stout going at 9.2% and it is absolutely delicious. Is it up there with Roaster Coaster? Ooh, I think it is. Ooh. Ed. Can you please... Um... Show me the, the tin a bit closer. I can. So to all our listeners, I'm showing the, the can. Zia, London Beer Zia. Factory. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, right, so Klein, last comment before we go into our topics. I was just going to say, I was going to guess what your, um, what your surprise uh, beer was, and I'd have guessed correctly. How scary is that? That's very scary. That's uncanny. Yep. I knew it was Zia. I knew it. Mm-hmm. You freak me out. <laughs> right, topic number one, complaining politely. So we're going to go across to Timbo, who is going to be in charge of this whole thing, and he's got 10 minutes. And, sorry, I'm just going to start counting down. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
can I just say um, no? You're you're not part of you. Can I just say, please, while while we're just on a little bit of dead air just now, thank you very much. That I think okay. this is I'm a, I'm very afraid a terrible idea, and I I am I'm afraid. Yes, thanks very much. I don't like you. Thanks for that, but it is going to be edited out. Right, Tim, go. So complaining politely, I, I think it's part of the British psyche that complaining does not come naturally to us. Um, but I think there is a way to complain, and, and the reason this subject is close to my heart is because I've had two occasions recently where I've had to complain, and I think I'm at an age where I'm fed up of being treated like a spanner and just had enough and saying this is not good enough. Now, do you think, should I share my experiences of, of why I had to complain? Yes, or... please. So, so complaint number one um, involved me having to use a local recycling centre where on the first occasion, I drove in, waited, that was fine, got told where the next time I went, I stopped and waited and nobody came along. So I drove on and the next thing I got accosted by a council worker who said you're supposed to wait at the gate. Um, I said, well, there's no sign that says that. He says, well, you're supposed to wait. And I said, but how am I meant to know that if there's no sign? Well, they made me take it down, he said. I said, well, that's fine, I'm sorry, but I didn't see, you know, there's no sign. Anyway, so that was fine. Went back in a couple of days later, same thing, waited, and then got spoken to like I was three years old. I have told you about walking about my car park, etc., etc. So I made, I thought, I'm enough of this. I'm, I'm complaining. So I went straight to head office and lodged a complaint with the way I was spoken to and treated. And I felt really good about that. Then recently, um, we were away for a little break. And at six o'clock in the morning, we were awoken by water dripping into our hotel room from the room above. Um, we couldn't speak to anyone until seven o'clock. So in the meantime, we made some hot drinks and discovered halfway through our drinks that the milk that had been provided was off by four months. So we complained, we, did, we didn't complain in a nasty way, we expressed that we were disappointed. Um, and I just would like to know, how do you think complaints such as that should be dealt with by, in that instance, the, the hotel? Stiko. You're listening to Beer and Banter podcast. Um, I think that the hotel should have been um, bending over backwards to apologise and to make things right. That is um, disgraceful, absolutely disgraceful. And did you get a reply from the council? Uh, um, I did get a reply. They said that they take these things very seriously because of data protection. They can't tell me the outcome of the said incident. But I was there today and it was a different guy. So that's one nil to me. <laughs> so quite happy with that. Um, Klein, did I see you had an implement? In you, you did. Um, I think, firstly, the whole Highland Council thing, data protection, that's a lot of tosh for a start. They're just hiding behind data protection like everybody does nowadays. They don't have to say, oh, yes, um, Bob Smith, who's been with us for 14 years, is no longer with us. They just need to say... Yeah, we handled your matter and disciplinary um, something or other, what's the word, has been handed out. Job done. Where, where's the data protection or break of EU GDPR legislation? There's, there's none. 
going back to your original question though, um, by the way, this is the Beer and Banter podcast. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I think it depends on how you complain as well, because I think sometimes if you're a little bit too nicey-nicey, they just think, this guy's a pushover. Whereas if you like, if you're a bit nastier, they not nasty. If you're a bit more serious, I think they take your complaint more seriously. Well, it's in. I will come to you, Ryan, just to fill in a little bit of information. So, so we we went at seven o'clock and spoke to someone, and he said, "Right, can you pack up your stuff? We will we'll put you into a new room. Um, if you're going out, can you just leave your key? We obviously need to see what's going on." So that was fine. So we did that. Came back that afternoon. And we were told that the problem was more serious than initially anticipated. Um, and they had to seal the room upstairs off. Um, but it was all fine. There was going to be no, it'd be all, it would all be fine. Go on, Klein. It sounds like that milk was more than four months off if they had to seal the room off, but it was more Pretty serious. Pretty bad. Serious, <laughs> yeah. So that's what we did. Is it, is, has our room been, some, no, the room upstairs and the people upstairs, they had to be relocated and the plumbers not done this and that and the other. So that's fine. Um, just because of the inconvenience, what what will be done in the way of compensation? And we were told we're going to have a couple of beers. And we said, uh, no, that's not, don't really feel that's enough. We would like a refund for our night. And we were told, what, for the whole night? Said, well, I don't know, you can divide it into twelfths if you want. Um, so we were never given an apology. We were never offered, like, come and have an evening meal with us grudgingly they said you can have a refund which has not happened so i just wonder you know it's getting this balance between i think you should say something but not being rude or nasty about it i'm going to go to ryan and then go to stephen i think you should be firm but fair i think there's an element that you have to be possibly understanding depending on the situation but at the same time you have to say this was not up to standard and you have to be clear with them that this is not up to standard this is not up to spec. I could have gone somewhere else, but I chose you, and you've provided me with study service. So, potentially, I will think about going somewhere else. So, you have to make it clear to them that they did do wrong, but at the same time, you can't go off at them because you don't want to come across horrible. Because then I think there's less chance of you really getting a refund. There's kind of a sweet spot. If you're too nice, they'll think you're a push pushover. If you're too horrible, then they just think you're just horrible. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I did. It, the, the we were never given any sort of apology, or or it was never said this is not up to to standard. We're ever so sorry. It was all you know. The people upstairs have got to be moved, and seemed to be no acknowledgement that there was something wrong, or that milk shouldn't be four months out of date. Anyway, Stephen. First of all, are you prepared to name and shame the hotel? I I, I don't I don't know. So they haven't they haven't given you a refund, so I say you do it. Well they haven't given me it yet. And I haven't finished, sorry. Um it sounded like you finished. You looked at talking and Tim responded. So surely it's you, back to raising implements and Tim chooses who he wants. Well, that might be true, but he didn't choose you. <laughs> so you're just putting in as usual. You're you're, you're um, my time. Argus. I had the same thing of Argus. I had I complained about one of their staff when they um, it wasn't they're supposed to be delivering a bed, the weather was bad, so they weren't going to deliver it. Now that's perfectly fine if the rules were are I say understand that. Um, but the way <clears throat> when I asked them, because they didn't actually tell me the bed wasn't coming, 
So I said, you know, we're waiting in, where is the bed? And they pretty much were on about, oh, you, do, you don't care about our drivers and all that and all this nonsense. I thought that's not what I'm saying. And what I'm saying is you never told me that you weren't going to deliver this bed today. And the way they responded was just the same about, oh, we um, can't do tell you um, what's happened as a GDPR thing, just all this nonsense again. Um, so it's like you're complaining, but you don't know if you're actually being listened to. I think you've hit the nail on the head. That's how I felt after the whole... Well, the council have been pretty good, but the other thing, it's just, you're not important. Ed, did you have your implement raised about three hours ago? Um, I struggle with this, with this because um, I don't like complaining. The, uh, probably the most common place I've complained is in a pub when the, the pint is a bit hazy. Um, so I'll drink it about three quarters or maybe a bit more, then I'll complain, and then I get a full <laughs> pint free. Um, uh, that I've done that a few. Well, not I've I've not done that a few times. That sounds really bad. Um, but um, anyway, yeah, I struggle with complaining, and I can't find the sweet spot. Um, I either am too nice and they just walk all over me, or else they have to call the police and I get escorted off the property. I think you need to get Fiona. Very useful in these situations. Klein. Um, so very quickly, um, uh, there was two things I was going to say. So on the pint thing, one of my pet hates is when you go in and get a pint and they like they just they don't give you a pint. And I end up always having to say, can you take the head off that, please? And I don't think barmaids, barmen nowadays, is there like a gender agnostic term for them? I don't know. But anyway, I don't think if you used to say, can you take the head off that, they'd even understand what you're talking about. But anyway, what I was going to ask originally about the whole complaining thing was, did you tell them you are Tim of Tim's Travels and you can name and shame them, shame them on your successfully, highly successful YouTube channel? No, I shall. I shall. That's a good idea. I'll do that. Next, next YouTube video. Excellent. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't like complaining. I'm not very good at it, but I think that I'm getting to a stage where I'm basically fed up being walked all over. And if something's not good, I'm going to say. That was brilliant. I enjoyed that. Wow. Is that your pacemaker? Um, just one thing, Klein, did you, were you did you say gender agnostic? Like yeah. You, you're not sure of the genders? No, what I mean, so gender agnostic, as in you can refer to the, like a post, well, it's not a postman anymore, is it? It's a post person. <laughs> it just sounds like you don't believe that there's genders. I, no, I do, but it's this whole politically correct thing around, like, because yeah. actors nowadays is just all-encompassing, isn't it? It doesn't matter whether you're male or female, you're an actor. There's no such thing as an actress anymore. But there's no. never been a thing, such a thing as a doctress. This is true. A duchess. Oh, nurses. Because you don't get WPCs anymore either, do you? Well, Ryan, Ryan you're, you're the only one raising an implement, so I think you should speak for... 10 seconds. I was just going to say that this whole like 10 minutes, 10 minute section thing, it feels very much like a, um, like Russia, a communist country. Everyone gets the same. Thank you very much for that. Everyone gets uh, the same. Everyone gets 10 minutes. I mean, everyone else spoke over you um, for the last like 15 seconds and, you know, everyone else just carried on talking. So I'm going to do it because I kindly raised my implement and no one else did. So you I'm going to carry on you talking. I'm going to continue talking until I feel like stopping just to be annoying because I did the proper thing and no one else seemed to. So um, 
again, it's lovely, but you've been muted and it's it's all been edited out. Yeah, but in my recording, so, it'll stay on. So, well, if, if that makes you happy, then I'm I'm happy for you too. Um, so rather than go to Ryan for the next topic, let's move to conspiracy theories with Mister. <gasps> I knew you wouldn't choose that. What, Ed? What? Ed's your dad? No, I said I knew you wouldn't choose that. Oh, and you're giving me a chance to continue talking, right so I'm going to carry talking. Right, Ed, go. The Titanic, Mona Lisa, William Shakespeare, the moon landings, the flat earth, JFK, the Illuminati, 9-11. The list goes on and 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 on. Conspiracy theories, we all love them. Or do we all hate them? Do they cause more harm than good? Or are they just a source of entertainment? Many people see them as a harmless distraction, but some people get so caught up in them that they end up alienating everyone around them, including their families. Some even put their lives and the lives of others at risk because of believing in a conspiracy theory. Anti-vaxxers, COVID-19 doesn't exist. How do we deal with this growing phenomenon? Ryan. I I don't think we do deal with them. Um, the way I was going to say it is not very PC, so I'm not going to say it. I also just want to say, does anyone else, is anyone else getting like a feeling of deja vu? Like they've heard that before. No. It's called the Mandela effect. It's another conspiracy theory. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's go to Stephen. Okay, um, you just said COVID nineteen doesn't exist. I disagree with you. No, that, that's that's a conspiracy theory that pe some people believe that COVID nineteen doesn't exist. I do believe COVID nineteen exists. Uh, Klein, on what basis do you both believe that COVID nineteen exists? Um, on the evidence of what I've seen uh, on TV and stuff like that. Seen on TV, force-fed news that is fake. Fake news. Okay, interesting point of view. Tim? I think conspiracy theories and conspiracy theorists are a waste of everybody's time. Bad things happen and it's pe people who can't deal or cope with these things, they have to invent some huge fictitious story to try and explain away things that frighten them or they don't like or don't want to understand. And it's a load of bumpkin, <laughs> in, in my opinion. Can I just, just before I go to Stephen, can I just ask him, do you believe that it was the Titanic that sunk? Absolutely, I do. Okay, let's go to Stephen. Um, I'm, I'm on the fence about the Titanic thing. Um, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff out there about Titanic. Um, what about um, Nessie? Sorry, say it again. What about Nessie? The, um, is that a conspiracy theory? Because it does bring in a lot of tourists. So it's more of a lighthearted one, I think, Nessie. I don't think Nessie's real, but, you know, if it gets tourists in, I'll go along with it. That's, that wouldn't be classed as a conspiracy theory. <laughs> Why not? Um, that would be classed as cryptozoology. That's a completely different, uh, completely different area of the internet. Disagree. 
Stephen, uh, uh, Klein. So in cryptozoology, is that the funding of zoos through like Bitcoin? Um, that's a future meaning of it. Um, <laughs> no, it's uh, the study of cryptids, which are mythical or um, mythical creatures or creatures that are thought to exist. For instance, Bigfoot, uh, Nessie, um, kangaroos. Stephen? I, I have to disagree with you there, Ed. I think Nessie is a conspiracy theory. It's like um, we want to get people into the area. Let's kind of invent uh, a, a mythical monster. Like no one really thinks it's there, do they? I think it's kind of been proved that it doesn't really exist, um, but the tourists love it. So it's like an, it's like a human invention. Which, uh, yeah, um, which I think. Um, sorry, which I think uh, generally conspiracy theories are, but they're like a human invention. I think some of them um, do have some legs in them, and some of them are just made by people who know how to make money from the internet um, with these big stories that draw people in, and that's why they write them. So here's or, the problem with all that: those who are dis disenfranchised and they they feel that society doesn't really understand them they're alienated from their own families and they get caught up in these uh, internet um chat lines i don't know what they're called um face chat or something and they go in these groups and they um find other people who think that um you know uh, bill gates is a lizard from the planet neptune and, and they, they find friends and they find meaning in life, but then it can also be dangerous because they might not get vaccinated and start spreading uh, disease. How do you help people like that to recognize that they have been misinformed and misled? We cannot ignore it. Let's go for, let's go for Ryan. Well, sometimes they actually do it themselves without realizing it. I remember seeing a tweet that I managed to find um, from someone who is an anti-vaxxer um, that said, um, and I quote, what if instead of a vaccine, we just were able to get exposed to a weak version of the virus that enables us to build the antibodies we need to fight the real thing? That's an, that's an anti-vaxxer saying that. They went so yeah. far right that they invented vaccines. Yeah, that's that. You see, there that person is um, that person is is safe, but we've got other ones that are, are not quite so smart. Uh, Klein, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I was just going to go back to um, Stephen's point because I'm going to pick on Stephen all night if I can <laughs> um, about the whole Nessie conspiracy theory. Right now, I'm going to consult the ultimate truth, the one truth on the internet, aka Wikipedia which says a conspiracy theory is an explanation for an event or situation, situation that invokes a conspiracy by sinister and powerful groups, often political in motivation, whether, when other explanations are more probable. The term has a negative connotation. I've never seen anything negative or conspiratorial around Nessie. It's just a made up, I think they call it cryptozoology. It's a made up thing that brings tourists in. There's like fluffy teddies made up of, of Nessie, who I believe exists by the way, period. Capture that period for later, by the way. It's a gem. <laughs> Stephen? 
Um, well, I disagree with you because there is a sinister undertone in that people have invented this monster and, you know, they're making teddies, well, not teddy bears, but teddy lizards or whatever. It's not and, lizards. And, or something I said, whatever it is, some monster of the deep. And it's all um, using stuff that's just wasting the Earth's resources and polluting the Earth's resources. And I like, I just want to talk about anti-vaxxers quickly because I don't think, I think some anti-vaxxers are genuinely concerned about what is in a vaccine. And I think with the COVID vaccine, I, I've, I've had my first job, but I wouldn't say that I'm convinced by anything about the vaccine itself. I'm, I'm not convinced by it, but I've had it. And I understand that some people um, don't um, take that particular vaccine. Yeah, I mean, I think your concerns are shared by a lot of people, but that is not, you're not going as far as uh, maybe marching in London, um, claiming that this is all a conspiracy by the government to close down all small businesses and to keep us all confined to our homes in order for them to set up the new world order uh, and to reduce the population through mass vaccination. Tim? Um, just to go back to, to Nessie, could, if we are going to talk about Nessie, could we just say Nessie rather than monster? Because I think that that portrays Nessie in a very negative light and is not helpful. Um, as for the vaccine, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Ed. I'm, I'm not, I don't know anything about the tetanus jab, but I've had it because the science seems to indicate that it's, it's useful to not get tetanus. And I think the same with COVID. Um, and if the government wants me to stay at home and they're going to pay me to do it, then that's fine. I, I, my life isn't that interesting. Okay, thank you, Ryan. Quick, Ness, quickly, Ryan. I think Nessie and Bigfoot started out originally as conspiracy theories, but are now just held up by the tourists. Like, people do it to make money, basically, now. I don't think there's any merit to it anymore. Right, well, I think cryptozoology will probably be a future uh, discussion. Klein, you've got five seconds. I, I don't like this little 10-minute timer thing. I, I feel like it's stifling my creative ability. It's communist. Um, it, it's it's very dictatorial. <laughs> I, don't, I don't particularly like it. Um, I said it's communist. The, the whole, um, the whole I like it because there's more structure. <laughs> Everyone gets the you same amount of time. <laughs> The whole COVID-19 thing, I find so ironic with anti-vaxxers and people that think that it doesn't exist and yada, 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 and they're being, controlled, they're being controlled by the government, etc. Because the irony is, by them not getting the vaccine and potentially not being able to travel, etc., all they're doing is being controlled by the government because they're going to be confined to their homes or confined to their own country and not being able to actually have the freedom that they're talking about wanting. It's, I, I just, I don't get it. And, and just to go back to one thing that Steve mentioned about um, not necessarily believing in the success of the vaccine, I, I do. Um, I think when you look at the stats and you look at the science behind it, um, it is making a difference. Is it driving down to zero transmissions? No, but then nobody claimed it would be. They said it's between kind of 60 and 90% in terms of transmissibility and admission to hospital, et cetera. And it's, it's doing that. So it's doing its job. This conversation is actually over. However, it doesn't take, you just look at what's happening now with um, 
the coronavirus rates are just starting to skyrocket again. So they are not starting to skyrocket. They're they creeping are. up. They're creeping no, up. Um, no. And you also need to bear in mind that the testing is also going through the roof. So of course you're going to find more. No, no, because it's act, there's, there's more now than it was in February of this year. Uh, if you widen, this is if, after. If you widen your scope, then you're going to find my, more. I, it's I, common sense. I didn't ask you to speak. But not not well, just I've, not just. I've just had my, you go back. Or you or you stinky. I've had my implement since he started talking. I'm going to go to Tim, who did have an implement raised. Since when did the word vaccination have two X's in it? That's what winds me up about anti-vaxxers. V-A-X-X-E-R-S. You can't even spell, right? I mean, I'm going to take you seriously if you can't even spell. (laughs) That's the real crime. That's because they didn't get the dyslexia jab. Ryan, again, you're on a warning. Yeah, but that was funny. <laughs> yeah, it may have been, but he's still in the morning. Right, let's move on to something else. Why people love traveling, part one. Go. Oh, who's, who's doing travel? Your time's already going. <laughs> but, but I was having okay. a mystery topic. Okay. You've just okay. given it away. Okay, mystery topic from Klein. Okay, my mystery topic tonight is drum roll, please. And I'm going to be silent so that we can edit in a drum roll. Are you ready? Drum roll, please. Oh, it sounds Travel. so good. <laughs> um, however, because I have so much to say about travel, I know it's completely unlike me, but because i got so much to say about travel, I'm going to break it down, right? Tonight, we're not actually going to travel. All we're going to do is think and plan for travel, Okay. Now, right, Ryan's got something to say already. I've just been holding my implement up since Stephen gave me a warning for not holding my implement up. When I did have my implement up, and he just decided he was going to speak over it. Okay, you're reading into my time. Come on, you've got to add on like 20 seconds at the end for that. Come on, that's just not fair. Right, so travel. We all love to travel. The last year or so two maybe has shown how much we love travel because we miss it so much because we've not been able to travel. However, is it really all that fun? Now, I know that there are some amongst us who love travel and will travel at the drop of a hat, doesn't matter where it is, they'll sleep in airports, they'll go on boring train journeys to the middle of nowhere and back again, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so let's just assume that you do want to travel. You want to go on holiday and you decide, yes, right, I've picked my destination. And in itself, that's that's a whole headache, isn't it? Picking, where do you go? Do you go Portugal? Do you go Spain? Do you go the Canary Islands? Do you like travel further afield? Do you do Turkey? <gasps> Is that a bit dangerous in Turkey? So actually picking the destination, the country, first of all, is bad enough. So, but anyway, let's just assume that you made your mind up. You spin the globe round and you get a dot that you put your finger on it and it's not in the middle of the ocean. You get a country and it's Portugal and it's on the green list. Or it was on the green list. So anyway, we're going to Portugal. So then you've got to figure out, where am I going to stay now in Portugal? Do you go to the Algarve? Do you go like up to the north, kind of Lisbon? Do you go city break? Do you kind of go self-catering? Do you go all-inclusive? What do you do? So you decide, right, I'm going to pick a location. So you pick a location, you think I'm going to go somewhere in the Algarve. And you pick a little town. (sighs) It's exhausting already. 
But now you've got to find a place to actually stay. So you start searching on the beach and Travel Republic and Expedia, Hotels.com, yada, 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 all these sites, late rooms. There's probably a few other in there that I can plug. Um, so you start looking and you find something within your budget. You think, all right, I'm going to spend 500 pounds, going to splash out a little bit for me and the missus, stay somewhere fancy, 500 pounds for flights and everything. And you start looking and it's like, mm, okay, three stars at the best I'm going to go. So you then think, well, maybe we'll we'll increase our budget a little bit to 600 and you get three and a half stars. Before you know it, you're like at a thousand pounds and you're looking at four star places like, okay, right, this is a little bit better. So then you're browsing down and you're like, oh, this place looks nice. Four stars, photos looks lovely, nice pool. Uh, food looks really nice, some nice photos here. So then you start reading the reviews and the first couple of reviews they're like, oh, very positive. Like food, lovely. Breakfast was amazing. Uh, had coffee and tea making facilities in the room. Even had a fridge. Wow, fridge in the room. Lovely jobly. But then four reviews down. Oh, it's a one star. And they're like slating it. The food was lukewarm. And the beer, you only got three quarters of a pint instead of a full pint. Uh, the menu didn't really change. You were going down. It was all inclusive, but it was just the same stuff day in, day out. And you're like, oh, okay, that's that's not the right one. And then you go on and you pick another hotel and it's just more the same, isn't it? It's just like you're scrolling down, you spent hours. You've probably spent like two days by this point, two solid days, just picking your country, picking the place you're going to go and now trying to find a hotel within your budget, Ed. You're listening to the Beer and Banter podcast. Thanks for that. Ryan. Are you really still going on? Yeah, I mean, feel free to interject at any point. This is not the Klein Show. As much as I wish it was, and it's what we should brand it as, it's not. So I'm not going to go back dead. He's getting punished for his last comment. Steve. I was just wondering if this was interactive or not in this section. However, when it comes to reviews, reviews are very... Very, very difficult to trust, I think, because people review things sometimes completely just missing the target and sometimes have expectations of things that aren't even places don't claim to be or they don't claim to offer services. And some people are just never happy. It's just difficult, isn't it? Do you provide reviews? Um, I provide re reviews of companies that upset me. Okay, no, right. Now not hold, that, hold hold that thought. Okay, Tim. So the the stuff that that sadly causes you so much stress and hassle is the stuff that I love. I love the planning and the working out where and why and how and when. But I think with with review, I mean, Klein, if you if you're going to see a review from me for a hotel, probably best just to ignore it. Just think Tim's having a bad day that day. What I do with reviews is I will always say what was good about it, it. You know, something if there's nothing that I can fault, then I'm not going to make stuff up or trying or trying to blow something out of proportion. If stuff is bad, I will say it's bad, but I will also always praise what the hotel has done very well. And I think that's that's only the fair way to do it, to be balanced. Because otherwise, as you say, if there's only one review, it's a numbers game. If four people are saying this is the best thing ever and one's like, this is rubbish. Probably more says more about the, them than, than anything else. 
I wonder, I think there's a market opportunity there to be able to search for like trusted reviews. Show me reviews from Tim's travels. Show me where he's been, where he's reviewed, because I trust Tim with my holiday life. Ed, I'm sure you would too. Um, just something related to what Tim said. When you suffer from chronic clinical depression, you become very sensitive to anything which makes you feel slightly better. Uh, and looking for holidays and deciding where you're going to stay and things like that is a little bit of an endor endorphin burst in the brain. Um, so uh, the things that you might find a little bit stressful, some other people might find quite pleasant and uh, it, all part of the holiday experience. Do you count yourself among them? Yes. <laughs> Why do you never search for places to go on holiday then? <laughs> Uh, Ryan. Oh, I do. I do, but I can never afford to go anywhere. I just search. <laughs> Ryan. I was going to point out that, like Tim was saying, so if you've got four positive reviews and one negative, so that's 80% positive. But we do, as humans, have a tendency to stick towards the negative. If we see one negative review, we're more likely to blow that up on our heads and see that as how our holiday will go opposed to the 80% of positive because for whatever reason we're programmed to look at the negative more than the positive even if the positive outweighs the negative yes have you met your mother uh tim no but i'd like to know how I... no it doesn't work no. <laughs> tim's travels you're in safe hands okay Stephen, edit that out please absolutely um <laughs> Ryan spoke of 80% of reviews and probably it's probably more than that because there'll be so many people who go away, have a nice time. They won't even think of doing a review. Whereas the people who go away, have a bad time, right on the internet, I'm going to leave that review. Tim spoke earlier about having a bad experience in a hotel. Um, someone, he could have put a bad review for that hotel. Maybe another 20 people saying at the same time, had a great experience. Um, the next day, totally different staff on, totally different outcome. It's just so difficult. And yeah, I'm sick of reviews. Right. So, um, and, and that kind of takes me back a little bit to the whole um, review thing. And because it, it, so you've got promoters and detractors, right? When you've got reviews, so you've got promoters that are like, absolutely loved it i loved it so much i must as soon as i get home i must write a review because it was just so amazing and then you got the tractors that come home um maybe like they're they've had a, a leak in their ceiling or sour milk something like that and they come home and they're like i'm just going to write such a nasty review for this unnamed hotel um because i'm so angry about it all those people in the middle that were like actually it was just as i expected it was satisfactory there was nothing out of the ordinary it was just as i was promised don't tend to leave reviews. So you only tend to get both extremes on reviews, which is just horrible. I am going to just briefly wrap up here because I'm nearly out of time for this part, but tune in next time because there's plenty more where this came from. And I just want to say, although I'm talking about how stressful and time consuming all this is, I love planning for holidays as well. Absolutely love it. Until you get to that point where you're like, I've looked at so many places I really don't care where I go anymore. I just want to pick one. And that's the bit that annoys me. Thank you very much for listening. You've been amazing, audience. You've been Klein. Thank you very much for that, Klein, and for cramming all that into 10 minutes. That was um, marvellous. Yes. Shows you can be done with a bit of application. 
Yeah, a timer. Right, um, I'm going to speak a bit now about my subject, which is song lyrics that to me make no sense. Now, does everybody know the song? Oh yeah, I'll just start. I'll just I've start started, tapping. don't worry. Yeah, I've just started mm, the timer. Right, use your implement and speak when you're spoken to. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to start from now because you interrupted, interrupted me without good reason. Lana oh, Del Rey yes. video games. Who knows the song? You should all know the song. Like Deja Vu should be playing its part here. Tim, tell me you know the song. I'm just gonna get it on some music. Okay, okay, okay. Why do you want what do you want to say, Quan? Video kill the radio. Right. Is it that no. one? No. Is it that one? No. Ryan. I don't know the song because I don't really rate Lana Del Rey as an artist. Last song I listened to was Hard Times Come Easy by Rich Sambora, which is a quality song. Fine, it's fine. It's fine. Great. So Lana Del Rey in the song Video Games introduces the song by saying, swinging in the backyard, pull up in your fast car, whistling my name. Thank you. Oh, you're talking to me. <laughs> okay, how do you whistle someone's name? Ed, are you raising your implement or eating it? Um, yeah, you know, the, you know the uh, you know the people who've got this little whistle every time they, sh they talk. I can't actually do it. <laughs> Maybe that's um, what it is. Got a, a speech impediment that causes them to whistle through their teeth as they say the word as they say s or t or something. That is an amazing point. One that I didn't consider whatsoever so maybe that is the reason um does anybody else have any thoughts on it ryan does i think you're just being too picky with lyrics i think lyrics you don't have to write lyrics that say exactly what they mean they can be metaphorical you don't think that um i've forgotten the band now but you don't think that he is actually riding a white spawn do you on jovi it's not Bon Jovi, I can assure you that. ACDC. Who did that song? Right on I, I don't know, but I'm going to speak to Klein for a bit. Um, so I was just going to try and whistle everyone's name. Go. Right, okay, so this is going to be Tim. No, fact, no, no, maybe no, I shouldn't no, tell no, you, I won't tell no, you. Okay, right, so, right, so this is the first one. Okay. And this is the second one. And this is the third one. And this is the last one. Right, give me them in order. Your dog uh, just come in. <laughs> Stephen, Ed, Tim, Ryan. You got zero. <laughs> Anyone else want to go? Ed. Ryan, Steve, Tim, uh, Ed. No, Eddie. we're Ryan, Ryan, Steve, Tim, Klein, Ed, Steve. I didn't do my name. There was only four. You get two points, though. Tim. <laughs> You're listening to the Beer and Banter podcast. <laughs> you want to guess at the same time? Um. Do, do them all again? No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, Stephen, Ed, Ryan, Tim. No, you got zero. Yeah. Yes. Steve. 
Um, I, I just think this really helps to prove my point that um, I, I don't I don't see how even metaphorically or symbolically um, what, what she's trying to say by whistling my name. It just doesn't make sense. You could just put pull up in your past past car, fast car, pull up in your fast car, calling out my name. Come on, Lana. If you want someone to help you with your lyrics, I'm available. Ed. Um, yeah, I think she should take you up on that. Um, I just like the way Klein just took over your whole 10 minutes. That was brilliant. <laughs> Tim. Perhaps he drove up in his fast car and Wolf whistled, and she is making a point about the objectification of women that actually no. there's more to her than a wolf whistle. That's not her name. Her name is Lana. Ms. Ms. Lana Del Rey. Ms. Mr. Rey. Well, that is possible, but then he could have been whistling at anybody we don't know. Um, he just wants to play video. Uh, right, I don't want to get into the meaning of the song. I don't. Um, but again, a good point and a good point from Ed. Well done, you two. So second song. Sorry, Ryan. Very quickly, Ryan, and very quickly. You've, you've said you don't want to get into the meaning of the song, and I have no idea nope. what the meaning is, because it's a rubbish song. It's but rubbish. the meaning does like coincide with the lyrics. The lyrics may be metaphorical, and the meaning explains that. That's kind of how music works. No. See, the thing is, if you read the rest of the lyrics, they're very, very plain to understand, apart from it's, listening. It's a modern... The pop song it's so, rubbish but if so you look at I, a genuine I, song I, I, that uses I, metaphors I, I, it uses I, I, them properly I, I have listened to your point and i reject it okay you're wrong so my next song is a song that i've always knew by everything but the girl called missing and and i miss you like the deserts miss the rain i don't know what you're saying by that i really don't know what you're saying because a desert doesn't miss the rain because a desert doesn't really have much rain so are, are you saying that you don't miss a person? Are, are you missing this person very much, but aren't saying it in the proper way? Tim. I am with you on that. I mean, it's implying that the desert is somehow sentient, and has the ability to, to miss, whereas it's just a big dump of sand. So yeah. how, how can it miss anything? Yeah, so you've added, you've, you've added, um, you put some meat on the bones of my argument of that. Thank you very much, appreciate that. Bless you. Um, I think Ed's going to add some more meat because that's what he likes to do. He's got a form natural natural history with them. It's a big dump of sand. Um, <clears throat> that's what the desert is. It's the, it's the Sahara, everyone. Um, I'm just, I, I think you and Tim right now are just trying to wind me up because I, I think that that's quite good lyrics. In fact, I if I had written that, I'd be quite happy with that. You know exactly what the, she means by that. Or I don't know whether it's a she that wrote it. Yes, you do. You know exactly I, what she I, means. Ed, and deserts, when Ed, they get rain, deserts blossom. Ed, Ed, uh, grass grows and other plants grow. Ed, Ed. They, they don't always blossom. There might be a, a river that needs some rain and therefore the river gets the, river gets the rain that it needs. But I honestly can tell you truthfully from the bottom of my heart, that any time I have heard that song, I'm thinking, do you miss this person or do you not miss this person? And I would have to say, I think you don't miss this person because deserts don't miss the rain. They don't get that much rain. They do get an occasional 
flash flood. So maybe she wants to see this person maybe once every six months. And then after that happens, she's fine, go away. And it's just, this song is just so many, maybe it's just really so many levels of this song. I don't know. Klein. You're just talking so much nonsense, honestly. <laughs> of course you can like miss things that you've not had in ages that you enjoy, right? Let's say an alcoholic doesn't have beer or whiskey for two years. Do they miss it? Of course they do. People that have not smoked in like three years, do they miss smoking? Most of them do. And when they get the smell of smoke, they're like, oh, I could fear go a cigarette just now. Not that I'm talking from experience, right? So deserts are the same. Like Ed said, when they get rain, they blossom and they prosper. So therefore, of course they miss it because they're so much better when they've had a little bit of rain. And you use the phrase, I'm talking thanks very much, Use no, the frame no. bottom of my heart. Doesn't mean anything. If you're going to pick lyrics that don't mean anything, pick something like bottom of my heart. It does. It means a lot. And again, you're falling into the trap of thinking that deserts have thoughts and feelings, which which they, they don't. And I think Tim's going to um, add on to that. Yeah, the big difference between an alcoholic and a cigarette smoker is that they're human beings, whereas a desert, as we've already stated, is a big dump of sand. Or in Antarctica, it's just ice. It's just like, ice. Not, not capable of, of sentient thought. So it, it doesn't can't miss it. It can't like it. It's just it's just a desert. It responds yeah. to other external environmental factors, which I think if she put that in her lyric would have made a lot more sense. It would have. And Ed sitting there looking, I think he knows his numbers, his numbers up. He knows he's wrong. And the thing about an alcoholic is an alcoholic is someone who has had a lot of alcohol. A desert doesn't go around having a lot of rain the whole time and then there'd be no rain. The same with a smoker. A smoker, 20, 30, 40 cigarettes a day. They've had loads of it. So when they stop it, of course they think, where's my cigarettes gone? Yes, I've got 12 seconds left. Um, your timer is wrong. Ed, last comment, if it's a good one. If you've got a problem with a desert missing the rain and not understanding that, you're going to have a lot of problems in life. Here, oh. here. There's no need for that kind of personal insult, right? Ridiculous. Your time is up, by the way. I know my time Wrap is it up. up. And I know uh, I've really, really, really put my points across very well. But clouds in your coffee? Clouds in my coffee, yeah. That's one for next time. Right, finally, let's go to Mr. Ryan. He's going to speak to us all about how much he loves... American English. Well, Stephen, glad you mentioned that because I was going to sit here. I had a list of American English words that I was going to talk about and get everyone to comment about, mainly Tim. But since Tim seems unable to recognize a simile as per the last um, section, and I think I'm going to say American English is a terrific song by the band Idlewild. And I'm going to carry on Stephen's section instead of talking about American English because Stephen's annoyed me more than American English with, one, not taking my implement when <laughs> I know a lot more about music than a lot of people here. Uh, if you don't know what I do, I'm not going to take Stephen's implement for pretty much the rest of this. I'm really stuck because, you know, revenge tastes sweet. Um, I'm going to talk about Every Breath You Take by The Police, or The Polis, if you're from Glasgow, right? Every breath you take when you first listen to it sounds really sweet and romantic. Uh, Sting does a very good job of making it sound 
all adorable. Like, you know, I want to be there for every breath you take, every step you take. Um, you know, I want to be there. There we go. Yeah. He wants to be there for it. It's not. It's creepy. It's it's about a stalker. <laughs> it's it's not sweet and romantic. It's it's creepy. It's about a stalker. It's like songs um such as Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. Um it convinced Ronald Reagan that this was a patriotic anthem. It's not. It was about how disgraceful the treat they treated the Vietnam War veterans. Then you have songs like um I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston, which is apparently a very popular song at weddings. Dad's singing it currently. It's a, it's a popular song at weddings, but guess what? It's not a wedding song. It's about how much you miss the person you've broken up with. It's a breakup song. It's not a love song, right? It's like um, Scouting for Girls. It's, it's um, What's their song? This ain't a love song. This is goodbye. Dad. Um, I thought this was going to be about American English, not just a rant about songs. So getting back to American English, can I just talk about one that like annoys me a little bit just now? The word staycation, which everyone's talking about just now. We don't have vacations, so why do we have staycations? Surely they should have called it like a stoliday instead of a staycation. It's just ridiculous. It's an Americanism. It's an American term that for some bizarre, strange reason has infected the UK worse than COVID-19. I, I I'm finished, by the way. Period. I, w- I wasn't talking about that, so we're going to go by the wind of change, and we're going to go back to the previous subject. What happened to American English? Uh, I referenced the song, and then we went back into Stephen's topic, because I didn't get to speak for that, so I'm going to speak now. Do you want me to mute uh, him, Steve? Can I mute please. him, please? Go, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> can See, I just say something, Ryan? Please, please, can I? Right, before you say something, I'm going to make a point now, right? This is what happens when you don't treat me nicely. Because you give me power for 10 minutes, and when I get power for 10 minutes, if you don't treat me nicely, I use it. Right? That is communist. That's a dictatorship for you. I'm going to do this. Now you can speak. Thank you. Um, so, you may have power for a few minutes, but just remember who's writing the script of the pod play and you're going to be made look really, really foolish, Boyle. Also, so. also you, you claimed earlier pretty much that you know a lot more about music than perhaps all of us put together. That's the, I, I that, said most of you. I'm not that, including Ed because I think that, Ed does know a lot about music. Excuse me. Dad anyway, probably knows the masterpiece. Anyway, you probably anyway. can't name a lot of songs, Dad. So you're using up your own time here, by the way. Okay. So you 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 claim to be a great um, musical uh, knowledgeist. Yes. <laughs> However, you haven't heard the popular song "Video Games" by Lana Del Rey. That that you you, you should know that. Uh, I'll tell you why I've not heard it. Also, Stephen. and also, okay. Okay. Dolly Parton wrote "I Will Always Love You," and you, you it was Whitney Houston. I can assure you, it was Whitney, Whitney Houston, Houston that sung it. Did not write that song. Dolly Parton wrote it and sung it, and then Whitney Houston came along afterwards and did a cover version of it. That's because Dolly Parton was working nine to five. She was. <laughs> and who, who, whose version gets played at weddings? Whitney Houston's, not I Dolly Parton's. I don't care. I think you should, uh, you should at least give Dolly Parton the credit. And Dolly Parton's version is better. Ooh. Why? Why do you think Dolly Parton's version is better? Because it has so much more heart and soul in it. Does it? 
Yeah. A song I, I, can't have heart and soul. A song is, it, it doesn't, it can't have feelings. It's like a well, dumb sand. It, it, it can't, but when you listen to it, then in your own heart, and you get it right. And you, did, and you didn't raise your implements. So back to Ryan. <laughs> Personally, I think that the music industry nowadays, with songs such as Video Games by Lana Del Rey, um, they miss the heart and soul and the feeling and the meaning behind songs like a desert misses the rain. Get your own songs. <laughs> That's not a simile, by the way. It is. It says like. Like before a sentence is a simile. No. That's, yes, it is. That's what Sim I was taught simile, in English. A simile compares one thing with something else. You can't compare the desert to rain. Because no, but it's, things. it's compared... Like saying she is as innocent as an angel. That's a Timothy. similar. It's right. comparing two, two things that are similar. The clues in the name, they're similar. That's what a simile is. Rain and deserts are not. But it similar. starts with like, and therefore it's comparing whatever the line is before that, that to a desert missing the rain. That doesn't make that's, it in itself. That's the it does. That's the comparison. It's the comparison of the line before, which I can't remember, to a desert missing the rain. That's the simile. Because they're similar. That's how to simile. We weren't discussing the line before. We were addressing that one single line, like the desert misses the rain. But that my point is, it's a simile. Sim that line in itself is not a simile, because that line is not... You weren't, we weren't talking about the line before. But it we're relates to the line before because you're comparing them directly. One, we were talking about that one line. If you were to write music, you would just have each each like line is separate. It would be like one line, let's leave two bars. One line, let's leave two bars. One line, Ed. Okay. But this is like really stressful. So um, <laughs> I want to say something to, to Stephen. He, he, he said that when you listen to a song then you can, you know, it affects your heart and soul or something. But when you look at a desert and the rain falls on it, then you can think, oh, it really needed that rain. Like I missed that person. Yeah? So I, think, Stephen. I think that's and the... It didn't because we've already like, said that deserts don't feel. And, and the desert doesn't need the rain. It doesn't need the rain. It's a desert. It does need the rain it because does the rain. aren't natural. No. No, it needs dew. It needs dew, but a desert, a hot sandy desert, doesn't need the rain. <laughs> Dad, uh, please don't do more I, editing. I, I would like to give the desert dew, and I think that it's more than just a dump of sand. I think that song does because it says like the desert missed the rain, so it's got the mist and the rain. Is it mist or messes? <laughs> It's um, like the deserts miss the rain. So it's past tense. And, and, and also, sorry, again, as Tim touched on earlier, not all <laughs> What was sand. the point in that? You started speaking, raised your implement and carried on speaking. You're as bad as dad. I know. I'm sorry. Continue. Oh, I thought you had something to say. Um, yeah. No, I was just picking on you because oh, you're doing right. the exact same thing Dad does. Yeah, I know. I feel really bad. I feel such an idiot for doing it because that's yes, it's no good. But yeah, you know, the, the 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 largest desert is the Antarctica. Is no, that right? Dunn Beach. Can you be quiet? There's plenty of water around Dunn Beach, as we all know. Ed with uh, such confidence. <laughs> Anyway, you're supposed to be talking about your subject, American English, not about my, my songs. 
I said I was talking about American English. You've got... 40 seconds. See, I was wanting to find a really good song to illustrate this. Um, Do your research. Kiss, kiss from a rose. Have you ever kissed a rose? So why would the singer write about that? Well, yeah, because it's metaphorical. The person he's with is like kissing a rose because it hurts at the same time. Her name was Rose. No, it wasn't. Was Seal. Yeah, the Seal kissed a rose. <laughs> and on that note, I'll hand back to Stephen for my 10 minutes of chaos. Wow, Ryan, that was amazing. That You, you got so much of your points across there. Uh, well done. Well done. I don't want you. the to- I don't want the topic anymore. I just want ten minutes of chaos, to be honest. <laughs> well, you've certainly given us that, and we appreciate the chaos that you've given us. Klein, are you just toying with your implement? No, I do not toy with my implement. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> the um, uh, you, put, you lost my train of thought now. <laughs> I, I lost it. <laughs> I lost your train of thought. Um, <laughs> so that just sounded like one of Ryan's podcasts to me. Somebody said that it was very stressful and I can feel like my stress levels higher than normal, which is why I had to go and get a top up just to calm yeah. me down after that. Yeah, people shouldn't annoy me. I think people knowing what your podcast is now like, I don't think you should have um, tried to plug it. <laughs> it's actually, this is amazing. I've got Stephen to use his implement, even though it's his time. Well, <laughs> it's I'm, actually impressive. I, I'm trying to set an example for everyone. An example. Yes. <laughs> Ed. <laughs> uh, sorry, I was just scraping stuff off my teeth. Maybe <laughs> scraping? Okay, for all you listeners, guess Ed's implement. What would he use to scrape his teeth with? Right. What's he scraping off his teeth? No. For, a, for a bonus point. Herring. <laughs> a herring. What? Did you say herring? <laughs> Okay, so this brings us on to what we've all really been waiting for. It's the pod play. Steve. Wow. Yo. Will this take long? Because I need to get the Tesco's before 10. Um, so we'll just go through our characters. So let's start with Ed, who is Tucker Sackville Bag. Tucker's a bit of an egghead, knowing things that no one needs to know. Tucker is acutely sensitive, especially when people get his name wrong. Tucker works at a truck stop serving food. Tucker dreams of a better life and constantly finds himself disillusioned with his existence. A keen budget traveller, he frequently thumbs lifts to reach his destination. He finds his trucking connections useful for this. Tucker likes to keep everyone happy. Often making promises he cannot keep. Schmidt Santana. Schmidt oh. is of German-Mexican descent. Schmidt is unemployed but takes cash only for odd jobs and lives with his parents. He is a conspiracy theorist and is careful to protect his personal information from anyone who asks. A perennial procrastinator but extremely punctual and expects punctuality from everyone he encounters. He loves to knit and frequently gifts his creations to his friends. Schmidt is a failed entrepreneur. Wow, South African. (laughs) (laughs) Clary McCracken. Clary's a taxi driver by day, taxidermist by night. 
So says his business card. Clary loves to talk at length on any subject and only gets annoyed when people get his name wrong. The white man's Mo Farah, also on his business card. Clary is enthusiastic about life and sees a silver lining in even the darkest of clouds. Sherry Sauvignon Blanc. Sherry is the landlady of local pub My Hoppy Ever After. She is popular with the locals due to her love of football and no-nonsense approach to cricket. A straight talker, Sherry calls a glass of wine a glass of vino. Sherry despises being asked for the pub internet password and frequently intervenes to resurrect the dead conversations of patrons. A huge fan of owls, Sherry has set up an owl charity called Owl Alliance. Professor Rocky Moriarty. Rocky is a self-titled professor and loves to add letters after his name. An expert on all subjects, Rocky frequently calls into radio phone-ins to disagree with the experts. Rocky is an apprentice bin man, or in his words, waste reduction engineer. Rocky likes to invent extreme sports and sees himself as the next Justin Bieber if the bin thing doesn't work out. Enoch lives in beachside hut with internet access. Enoch works as janitor, but sees himself more as social media influencer with six YouTube subscribers to date. Enoch enjoys winkle picking and wears a fine pair of winkle pickers. Enoch loves to get a good deal and frequently travels up to 30 miles to save a penny per liter on diesel. He puts only 15 liter in tank in case the price drops following day. He cleverly makes sure it's never his round at pub. Enoch is in a band and plays glass harmonica and suffers from vitiligo. Enoch is failed first aider. Scene one. Oh. There are two glasses here, and they are empty. I'll just pour this glass into that one, and yes, nearly, nearly fuel pint. Guinness and orange, very moist, that is. Oh, waffling wallies. That's scampy on the floor, and all over my winkle pickers. Hang on, there's a few nice pieces there. That'll save me buying pie later. Shall we get a window seat? How about a table by the window? I don't want to sit in the window. Wait, is that is that Enoch over there on the floor? What on earth is he doing? Oi, Enoch! Who put that table there? That's a lovely day. Oh, weather is, uh, how you say, really good today. Why were you under the table? I dropped my uh, nectar card. Sound plausible? I was just going to get drink. You, you too fancy a half? Can you smell a fishy, orangey smell? Has he not been picking Winkle? I bet he has. I heard that Winkles have a fishy, orangey smell. Schmidt told me that. That'll be five pound, Enoch. Five pound? Has inflation quadrupled while I've been waiting? Are you the new uh, Chancellor or Executor? No, Enoch. 
but he might be interested in all those winkles that make their way to restaurants that no one knows about. Yes, well, here is fiver and uh, five pence to go with. Here we go, lads. Uh, a half pint of bitter and extra glass. Thanks, Enoch. Thanks, Enoch. Always happy to get around in. Uh, over here, Clary. Oh, I'm just so pleased to see you guys. Finished work, got my shorts on, just ran my fastest to see you all. High fives, everybody. That's three hands. So where's Schmidt's not like him to be late. He's probably just failed in his new business venture. What was it again? Mortuary vending machines. Grab a sandwich whilst identifying the deceased. Failure, yes, but mate, that's not, 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 not Schmidt, I mean. Shall I give him a call? Got 6,000 minutes to use, boy, tomorrow. Schmidt? Schmidt, it's Tucker here. Where on earth are you? You're at the pub? Well, so are we. You've been waiting for an hour. Just come and find us. It's a bit queer of you, Schmidt, to be uh, waiting in the dining room. Uh, do you have to use, or uh, uh, never mind, I was in the dining room because some disgusting, gross, revolting, repulsive galoot was eating scampi from the floor, shoveling into his, with his mouth with a credit card or something. Nectar card, perhaps, but uh, probably not. Most likely credit cards. Everyone has one of them. Take a seat, Schmidt. I'll get around done. I just got one in for everyone before you two arrived, so that's nice. No offense, Rocky, but what the Jerry Adams are you wearing? It's called a power suit. A pursuit? A power suit. You look like Gok Wan at a bewitch gig. You wouldn't know anything about fashion, Smith. Just Google it when you get home. Speaking of Google, I was browsing a shop window today and I was almost tempted to go inside. So why didn't you, Enoch? Well, there, there was I stood looking at attractive display of uh, fishing rods and lures and such things like that. Uh, when the owner popped out and said, I can do a good deal on those rods. Got to make room for the new stock, stock arriving. Well, jumping jukeboxes, I thought, this must be my lucky day. But, well, ever cautious, I said to the bug, what's the catch? He said... I promise you, there's no catch. So I said to him, no catch. I don't want a fishing rod that doesn't catch anything. Well, look on his face was priceless. He must have felt like um, a right wally. Nothing bumptious about that story. Anyway, I posted video to um, youtube.com and it, it's gone antiviral already. Here we go. Drinks for my besties. Oh, thanks, Clary. Thanks, Clary. Thanks, Clary. So, Rocky, how's your new job going? Extremely well, Clary. I have single-handedly overhauled council procedures from the shortest grass to the highest mountain. How have you done that? I don't let anyone tell me how I do things, which saves wasting time on conversations that won't matter and therefore enhances all parts of my organisation. But I thought you were a bin man apprentice. 
Nothing could be further from the truth, Schmidt. You always have to simplify things, and that doesn't sit well with me. So, aren't you an apprentice refuge collector? Always twisting things, Tucker, with your use of words. For want of a better word, I, Rocky, am an upper-level scholar of waste reduction and distribution techniques. <laughs> and I'm a hexatic mushroom-breathing dragon. Well, you're certainly a fun guy, Tucker. <laughs> I'm sure the council are just delighted to have you on board, Rocky. They are. It's painted on the faces of my work associates. <laughs> I bet it is. So, that's the plan. We're going to create eco-friendly, carbon-neutral refuge collection vehicles which take on board waste, turn it into electric, store it in Duracell bunnies, and they'll power the vehicles. Genius, eh? That's fascinating and revolutionary all-in-one four-wheeled machine. Eight. Someone say eight. No, eight. Wheels. Ah, well, whatever. Anyway, talking of wheels, where's Jensen? I think he said that because it's almost the shortest day, he had some calculations to do on how much expansion he's likely to see in his solar array during peak temperatures. But that makes no sense. He's sitting watching his app to see how full his batteries get. Ah, he did get the message, didn't he? He probably got an attempt, an attempt to come, but then ran out of juice. What the Christmas crackers, the juice, have to do with it? No, juice or squash. You know what the tennis pros have in between games? Robinson's. Do you remember Robinson's fruit juice? I'm not sure they even sponsor them again anymore. Barley water, isn't it? How on earth do they make water from barley? Surely barley water should be kept for making beer and nothing else. Oh, Clary, enough already. Clary. Oh, whatever. And Enoch, you better be careful with mixing juice with juice. I've heard of mixing drinks, but mixing people with drinks is ludicrous. I might be biased with my German descent, but come on. I'm Mother Manschmidt, unlike you, but what is it with those funny rat tails they have on the side of their head? Payos. Someone say pies. No. Payos. That's what they're called. Payos. Long curls down the side of their head. Jewish rule is that they're not allowed to cut their hair there. So they just let it grow. Their hair there. Tonker's finally lost it. <laughs> oh no, it's happening again. So I'd imagine they need to curl those and keep them tidy. I bet I could knit some little scrunchy things and sell them. Bit of a captive market there, eh? Yeah, bad idea, Schmidt. You could call them jewels. Jewels, get it? Ah, $9.99 a pop. I wonder where my pie is. I'm not sure I ordered one. I feel full. Sherry, where, where's my pie? There was one outside earlier. My pie was outside? But, but what's it doing outside? I don't know, my love. Probably looking for food or making a nest. That is strange pie. Where is my pie? Not where is my mug pie. 
Oh, you didn't order one, Enoch. Are you still hungry after all that scampi? What, what scampi? Anyway, you missed a bit. Yes, uh, winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's all my father's day, come at once. Hmm, delish. So, I've done my calculations. Oh no, why didn't you ask me for help? I teach math. Oh, shut up, Rocky, go back to sorting the rubbish. Ooh, someone's a bit grumpy tonight. Like every night. Anyway, I reckon I can net these bad boys for up about £4.83 each. It'll take me about nine minutes each one, and I'll sell a pair for £9.99, minted in no time. You should call them bad boys. Call what bad boys? Those woolly scrunchy things. Someone said crunchy. Scrunchy! Mrs. Sackville Bag has been making them. What? Crunchies? No! Scrunchies! What is this uh, scrunchy? It, is that like crunchy but with um, S in front? Yes. Scrunchy. Man, not making me half hungry. I'm thirsty. Whose round is it? Not mine anyway. I, I got first one. And you, Zinoch. We're back to you. Uh, Mr. Smithers, is that uh, the time? I hadn't realised it was so late. Time flies when you're well handsome. Sorry, guys, I'll need to wait until uh, next time. I, I gotta get off. Got um, stuff to do. Okay, cool. I'm gonna have one for the high road. Any of you guys want one? Yeah. yeah. Why not? Why not? I go on then. Actually, I maybe could manage it a uh, half or two. In fact, just get in one glass. Thanks, Cleary. It's Clary, you idiot. Clary, like Larry, but Clary, one R. I'm going to review my list of acquaintances to see if you're still on it, Enoch. That ends our podplay, and that just leaves us with the final act for this um, podcast, which is our heartwarming news of the week. Do you have that, Ed? This week's fun news comes from an incident in Croydon. A 46-year-old man electrocuted himself when he accidentally tried to charge his wife's petrol powered Ford Mondeo Ghia after forgetting he wasn't driving his Nissan Leaf. Gilbert Watt is currently in intensive care, but his wife Carmen says she will never let him live it down. He's a triple A jit, in my opinion, and I plan to charge him with criminal damage. There's more than one way to kill a watch, she laughed. Another amusing story next week. <laughs> I don't it well be as amusing as that. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning uh, in to our little podcast. Hopefully it'll get better as we get more used to doing this. But for now, Ryan seems to want to say something. That that story of the week was shockingly bold. Oh. You're listening to the Beer and Banter podcast. You were listening. Fine. And hopefully not now. It's, it's, do, do, do you have to comment now, Fine? What, what does he have to say that's so important? <laughs> I just want to the last word and say bye, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what, uh, let me stop recording. <laughs>